another world, another time in the age of wonder. You are listening to The Gathering Songs, The Dark Crystal Discussions. The story runs deeper than you know, and you are part of it. And what are those funny marks? This is all writing. What's writing? The words that stay. When single shines the triple sun, of your sunder and undone, shall behold the two made one. And here's your host, Philip Mitchell. Hello and welcome to The Gathering Songs. This is your Dark Crystal discussion show where we discuss all things from comic books to young adult novels and much, much more. I'm your host, Phil Mitchell. I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. And so on this episode, we uh, conclude the discussion on Shadows of the Dark Crystal. This is uh, part five, the final part of the discussion. And this episode was originally released on the second of August 2017 as episode 39 of Trial by Stone. Uh, For those who are new to the show, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, So right now, what I've been doing actually is re-releasing these old episodes of Trial by Stone, rebranding them as The Gathering Songs. So now, after this episode, uh, there will be brand new content uh, moving forward now with all our discussions on the Dark Crystal, uh, you know, stories that are coming out. So so I can announce that our next discussion is going to be on Song of the Dark Crystal, and um, that will be, you know, released the next month, So, which is very exciting. And, um, you know, I'm very much looking forward to continuing discussing with the Dark Crystal. Uh, you know, th- there is so much to discuss um, that, you know, not only with graphic novels and the comic books and the young adult novels uh, with the stories. But I mean, there's, you know, we've got Age of Resistance that will be coming out in 2019. And um, even I think that show alone, um, there will be a lot to um, to, to unravel um, with, with that particular show. So it is a very exciting time to be a fan of The Dark Crystal. And just want to say thank you so much for listening to the gathering songs and um yeah i mean i just hope you enjoy listening to to our final discussion with shadows of the dark crystal and moving forward we'll have continue the discussion uh with song of the dark crystal which was the second book in the four book series by jm lee so i'm very much looking forward to getting into that book um thank you so much and hope you enjoy this episode of the gathering songs with our previous episode 39 of Trial by Stone, Shadows of the Dark Crystal, uh, Part 5, the final part of our discussion. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone and this is episode 39 of the podcast for August 2017. Alright, this month we're continuing discussing about the Shadows of the Dark Crystal, uh, which was a young adult uh, novel uh, written by J.M. Lee, uh, who's also uh, been working on some other project, uh, the Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance, um, and and is and this is the uh, the first part of the uh, the quadrilogy um, of books uh, that are in the works with the second book in the series, Song of the Dark Crystal, um, that is uh, as of you know as of now will will be out now. Um, in stores, so um, so which is great that um, we're getting all these you know new stories uh, with all things Dark Crystal. 
And so to you know to continue chatting about Shadows of the Dark Crystal, uh, this is going to be uh, the final um, discussion for for this book. And um, so we're going from chapters 25, 26, 27, and also we'll we'll we'll, we'll, ha- we'll have a few things to say, I guess, um, our overall thoughts on Shadows of the Dark Crystal. Um, introductions are in order. I'm Philip Mitchell, and I'm the host. And and um, I'll introduce my co-host, uh, Bland Garrett. Bland, welcome, welcome back. Hello, hello. Good to be back as always. Lots of exciting. Dark Crystal stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is the year. I mean, that I think that they really are delivering on the 35th anniversary. Yeah, a- absolutely. We're, we're yeah, getting, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, and secondly, uh, we do have some guests to continue chatting about uh, the books with the Shadows of the Dark Crystal. So this month we've got uh, Peter M. Peter, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be back. Thanks. No worries, Peter. And last but not least, uh, Nancy Gray. Nancy, just want to say thanks for coming back. Oh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me again. It's exciting. Lots of, like you said, lots of things in the Dark Crystal universe this uh, this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 been a bit of a surprise, I guess. Like especially with the um, uh, with the announcement of a new um, Netflix series. I think that sort of uh, uh, really surprised us mm-hmm. all in great great ways so um it's definitely been a big year for the 35th anniversary and i think it's just going to get bigger in the years to come so very exciting stuff mm-hmm. so um yeah so we are up to 25 uh chapter 25 of shows of the dark crystal so previously in within the story naya pretty much escaped with her brother gurgen from the castle of the crystal and kylan sort of came to the castle, you know, in time, or outside the castle in time, sort of, for them all to escape. She's got her wings now. Yes, yeah, yeah. She was, like, gliding down. Uh, She escaped by gliding down with um, her wings with um, with her brother, Gurgen. And then uh, Gurgen decided to dream fast with her to pretty much just give her pretty much all the information that that really Nayan will need to know down the track. So, yeah, so chapter 25 is really dedicated to this uh, dream fasting uh, sequence or chain of events as we get through uh, Gurdjian's sort of per- perspective, I would say. I mean, it's pretty much an overall mm-hmm. sort of perspective of what happened. It's a, it's a flashback. Yeah, it, yeah, 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 essentially a flashback. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So flashback to, yeah, you know, with Gurdjian and Rian and and then uh, Ryan, i, I and it's one of those things. Is like, is it Ryan or Ryan? I'm probably gonna say Ryan just because of because <laughs> I keep because every time when I see the way it's spelled R I A N, I keep thinking of Ryan Johnson, of course, you know, uh, who's directing the new Star Wars film. So I'm probably gonna refer <laughs> to him as Ryan. And I always think Ryan. I always think Ryan. I always think I always think Ryan too. Yeah. But I'm really not sure because it really could go either way. I'll I'll just think it, Rian, and however we want to say it is fine by <laughs> me. <laughs> oh no, it's probably something I'll have to get um when I get J.M. Lee, um on the show to chat about uh Song of the Dark Crystal. I'll probably ask him about it. you know how these words are pronounced. It's like because there's no audio books out there that <laughs> yeah. So so basically, yeah, it's it's a flashback. Rian, you know, tells him that Mira has died, which I'm guessing Mira must be either one of the other sort of 
soldiers working at the Castle of the Crystal. That's sort of what I, what I gather because we've never been introduced to this uh, to Mira. And Ryan sort of, you know, says to uh, Gurgen that, yeah, like she was drained by the essence. And um, of course, Gurgen doesn't believe him initially. But I mean, sort of at the end of the day, he, he does once, um, like later on when um, uh, Ryan has the, uh, the vial sort of thing as proof in a way. And this is a part, yeah, it's like Ryan, yeah, Ryan says that they must go to, to the old Maldra. So six Gexies are, they're, they're pretty much tracking them down. Now they know that what, what's been happening. And so Ryan, you know, has the vial and they decide to sort of split up, which, which I guess is, you know, probably good thinking from Gurgen's point of view, because it's like, well, it's be- best for one of them to, you know, for Ryan to escape with the proof to the old Madra and for um, Gurgen to be the, the distraction. And I guess probably this next part, which I find interesting is when Gurgen was um, taken to get, uh, he got taken by the Skeksis to, um, to get his essence drained. But then the Chamberlain stops the process because he uh, he discovered that he has a twin sister, and wanted to wait to get to get the sister Naya to combine their essence for um, I don't know as I sort of thought might be longer living life. I, I guess it was interesting that how they knew at that time that he actually has a sister. Considering, I guess, you know, very early on in the books in, um, like early on in the chapters with, uh, I think it was Skekok, uh, the scroll keeper. And it mentioned that he never visited the, the swamp, um, the swamp of Sog, you know, to do the counting of all the Galflings. But I'm just trying to think whether they know, because they know that he's connected to, to the Mordra of, you know, Sog and, you know, therefore related and whatnot. Yeah. I have a theory on that because, um, the Sprite and um, Madra talked a lot about the Madra of the um, of Sog, so my guess is they might have even gotten that information from her, because she talked a lot to the Skeksis during the festival. It wouldn't surprise me if they asked her about the other tribes and the other Madras as well, and maybe it came up that she had, uh, you know, twins. Because it is interesting that her brother was asked to be a guard of the castle, and it strikes me that probably they're not many that are taken from Sog. And um, when you get to that point where you see that there are different types from every single tribe in the cages, they're doing experiments. This is probably meant to be an experiment all along. The Chamberlain was probably just reminding Skeptic that, you know, not this one. This one was special remember type thing <laughs> yeah. you could get you need to save this one until we can get the twin but that, that's my theory on it at least i mean they don't say how they know but somehow they did know that he had a twin it's possible they could have found out from him um from gurgen but i find that a little hard to to believe because it doesn't seem to me that they view the Gelflings as equals enough to really talk to them, find out about their families. Yeah. Except for maybe the Madras, which they're trying to still have that good impression going on with all of the different uh, tribes. 
Well, he is, that's just my he is a, take a guard in the castle, so I think they're <laughs> probably did it some background work, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, background checks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I like I like how this whole chapter is kind of laid out. Like it is a flashback, but it's it is a you know it, you're reminded that it's a dream fast because there's that moment where um, Naya like answers him about the crystal being cracked and. He he. It's like they have this little conversation in the middle of it, and then it goes back into the dream fast, and it talks about how time progresses, and then it goes to the next stage of the story. And I, I like how it's like that controlled ability. It's like telepathic Facebook Live. I know that sounds really goofy, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> Yeah, like, um, yeah, in the chapter, so it sort of mentions mm. that the crystal is cracked, Naya said within her dream fast, answering the question in her brother's memory. I saw it in the chamber. It is no longer the crystal of truth. The heart of Thra, it's broken. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, it is, yeah, so interesting, yeah, that mm. they're still conversing within the dream fast, even though the dream fast would ultimately be overtaken with, um, uh, with Gurdjian's sort of visions of, you know, the flashback of him. Well, that's that's the purpose of, you know. It's like in the film where Kira and Jin are basically talking back and forth over the images where they're talking about their pasts. And, the, you know, he'll say something like, I'm having a bath while, um, you know, the Urskek is bathing, or the Ura is bathing him. And she's talking about her mother and her mother the monsters and things like that. It's similar, but they're having a bit yeah. of a more complex conversation here. Yeah, he's like, what's you know, happening? We're dream fasting, mm-hmm. sharing our memories. And then, yeah. Yeah. So it, it seems that that's something that they can do. They can concentrate enough to still talk about the images that, that they're seeing. Kind of almost like this, this is another bad example, but like talking about, you know, if you're watching a TV show and you start talking, talking to your friend about it type thing because you're seeing the images but you can also discuss them right i thought that was kind of neat you know so this also is like the big this is like the big moment when it's actually discovered that the skexies are draining their essence and Mm -hmm. using them and feeding off of them basically using them as cattle or Nebri yeah. or however you want to. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, like, in, in the previous chapters, you sort of got a bit of a hint of that, you know, seeing all the gal things that they did seem drained out. But I guess, yeah, this would be, you know, when they sort of reveal that, you know, this is 100% that they are draining them, draining the essence um, of the galfling. So, um, yeah. And, and this, to me, like, when I think of the Dark Crystal and, like, the how dark it is. I mean, yeah, it's the dark crystal, but how just there's the, that whole evil, um, dark presence and that goes on with it. Like this, the whole draining of the essence is like the most, her, uh, how do I word this? It's like the most horrific thing in this universe of Thra mm-hmm. and the dark crystal and everything. Like, that's just so creepy and the way it's portrayed in the film is like, if you really sit down and think about it, like, I don't know, I'm kind of numb to it because when I've watched this movie my whole life. So 
I still kind of think of it like I do as a child, but which is probably why I love it so much. But then when I actually sit down and analyze it and think about it and watch that scene of the podling being drained mm-hmm. and even Kira yeah. being drained. Yeah. It's so it's so horrific. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it, it is definitely nightmare fuel. Yeah. I'm um trying to figure out what age is appropriate to show my children the movie because I remember being horrified by that scene when I was a kid. And I probably watched this honestly too soon, but might explain some things about me because I am a horror writer, but still <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like it's it's so you don't know exactly when you're that age what's going on, but you definitely recognize it as something that is horrific. It's it's like they're draining their soul away in essence. It's not in essence. Fuck. Sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh no. Anyway, um, I always it, it I is. always thought it was very inefficient <laughs> of all things. I thought, really? That's you drain an entire life force and turn them into zombies and you get, you know, maybe a little like obviously in the end game that was shown in the film, it isn't very effective. But I am always wondered what it would be like, you know, in this book. Um, how effective it is, like one golfing equals, you know, one year of rest- restoration or, you know, is it like an addiction where it has less effect every time? So, you know, there, there's that aspect to it. And mm. of course, you know, just horrifying. That's yeah. Cause when you, uh, and when also when you think about it, it's like, well, now we know in the, in the book, um, that you can, you can be drained to death. Mm. Like you're, and and you see it in the film. Skek Tech is like, that's enough. Close it, slave. You know, like mm-hmm. we don't want to kill this podling. He's, you know, he's going to be a slave. But it's um. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? I... What was my point here? <laughs> kind of lost my train of thought. I think it probably did take more and more as they got older and older, because. I mean, in in this book, they're still relatively young, and uh, one of the things that uh, it said in basically the website was how it was talking about they were wondering what effects different types of essence would have, like um, the Groton clan. They were wondering if uh, maybe they would have improved vision since they had night vision because they worked, they lived in the tunnels, that kind of thing. It's like it's almost an experimental phase now. They don't necessarily have to drink the essence, but they want to. It it does. Um, it's like know. a drug, and we see that yeah. with the hunter. I mean, the hunter is like addicted to it. You just can. Yeah. It's like a drug. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Addiction. And they, I mean, they they pretty much like doom. I mean, if they really do get to a, a de- dependent point of the essence, which I don't know if. If they would live the full thousand years, if they didn't have essence, if the if it was, you know, Ursu sacrificed himself, but I mean, why? Well, you, why do it? And you know what you don't have um, mentioned is that the Uru are they getting the benefit of this as well? Right. You know, they're not draining Gelflings, but since their other halves, the Skeksis, are surviving. They are too. So, how does but that then, work for their morals? 
but then it's like, That's... is the essence really that important to them? Because they get to the point where they make the decision, okay, we're going to kill off all the Gelfling, which is like the most prized essence that we can get. And so they, I guess they made a conscious choice that they were just going to use podlings mm. instead of Gelfling because they were going to, you know, completely kill off the Gelfling. Well, we we don't know about the Gartham Wars, whether the Gelflings mm. were all killed or they killed themselves in battle rather than be taken. Well, I think it has to do also, again, with the movie, with the fact that once the prophecy happens, once the great dreaming occurs, the Skeksis know that eventually the um, the Gelfling will destroy them. So I think that in the Gartham War Wars, they were really trying to kill off the Gelflings because they were, despite the fact they really were addicted to their essence, they didn't want to be destroyed by them either. And even these little things that are happening in this book more and more Gelflings are starting to kind of rebel against them and realize that things aren't what they seem to be. And despite the fact that they are they consider themselves superior beings, they do know that the Gelflings do outnumber them. And while last time when they, they were basically flinging stones and spears at the castle, this time they don't have their other half. They One of the things about this book that I thought was interesting was the fact that, I mean, she almost kills one of the Skeksis. She could have done it, but didn't because she realized the connection at the last minute. Right. right. So it's one of those things that Naya, the fact that one Gelfling could have killed a Skeksis means that they probably are starting to realize that they are immortal, especially now that they've lost their other half, which might have been what this whole experiment was about. And once that prophecy occurs that the Gelflings are going to overthrow them, I'm sure that, that I get the feeling that's why they bring the Gartham in in the first place, because they're like, okay, well, we can't take any chances with this now. At least that's my theory on it. I mean, and if, well, the prophecy also comes from the Gelfling themselves through their mm -hmm. the communal dream fast, which is the whole point of the series. Um, so it's kind of like the Skeksis take the Gelfling's word for it and believe it enough to the point of fearing the Gelfling enough to kill them all off and no longer have their essence. They may be spying on them by then, too, because right now they don't have the crystal bats, but that's something that's going to come in the future as well. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, that that's the thing, like, I mean, the whole, uh, the essence uh, draining, um, how, yeah, the Chamberlain says, you know, this one has a sister, and so it gets to the point that, you know, the Emperor thinks it is worth saving until we have the sister, special Gelfling, rare Gelfling, like us, two halves, yes. Worth waiting for, yes. Maybe special essence, maybe powerful essence. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really curious, like what what they're thinking, having the two essences together, whether you know whether it just be just longer living life, or do they think it's going to have something to do with them wanting to connect? to merge with the, um, with the, uh, mystics, which I wouldn't think that would be the case, but 
whether they're, they're actually really... Well, yeah, yeah, whether they were just really trying to think um, of, you know, thinking of ways to sort of get back together again, which I don't think so, but I just, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I get the feeling that they they want to get back together again, but they want to be able to control it. Mm. I almost get the feeling that the Chamberlain wants the Emperor to try it to see what happens. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. sounds bad, but that that seems to be his type of character because he said you know for the emperor and more than likely what that mean is if they if they manage to get that combined essence they tried on the emperor see if he you know merged back or what happened to him and then if it became more powerful they would start basically hunting for twins mm. in all the gelfling clans <laughs> yeah <laughs> I get that impression, at least, from that. We we find out in this chapter um, that there's this moment where they talk about the crystal veins and how they've always spread through the earth. And um, it says it's bring, bringing life and bringing light, but the Skeksis realized that they could use its power. And once that happened, once they turned the heart of Thra against its own creatures, that was when the crystal began to darken. So... It's written here now that it wasn't the cracking or damaging of the crystal that darkened it. It was the experimentation that the Skeksis did with the crystal that caused it to darken. I get the feeling it might be a bit of both. Well, being broken allowed it to be darkened. Mm Mm-hmm. Otherwise, healing it and putting the shard in place probably wouldn't have done very much, but... I do get the feeling that both acts of shattering it and also using it for this horrible purpose probably combined and made it even darker. That might have been what made it uh, spread across Thra, even. The horrible things, the experiments they were doing. That was when the shadows grew. They perverted the power of the crystal and turning it. And they, excuse me, they are perverting the power of the crystal and turning it black. Mm. So here, like the healing of the crystal can happen at any time, but in order for the Uru and the Skeksis to join back into Urskek, it has to happen before the Great Conjunction, and then they all have to be in the Crystal Chamber, yeah, to allow the process to happen. So the healing can happen at any time. It just has to, in order for them to get back in, two made one. Yeah. It has to happen before the Great Conjunction. Mm-hmm. So, like, year, years before. It's not, <laughs> I was just saying, because it's sort of in the movie, it sort of happened during it because the, the three suns got together, then the light beamed down to the crystal, and the crystal was still, it wasn't fixed. So, you know, it was like about five or so seconds, beto- you know, before um that, you know, the light was beaming down before um Skeks... Uh, <laughs> Before Jen put the shard back into place, yeah. But then how long... But, but see, here's the thing. How long is a great conjunction? How long does it last? I haven't time. That would be interesting to time in the film. Like the moment that the suns combine and the light hits the, you know, starts to come down. And time it all the way until... I guess when the Urskeks leave, I mean, well, it kind of ends before the Urskeks leave. It's like before, it's like right after the moment that they rejoin together, then that's the moment that the the it, Great Conjunction is over. 
So if you think about it, it's like, it's like he could have, he, the light beam could have come down and Jen could have been sitting up there for like two minutes and then put the shard in. Yeah. It's a little, it's not really off topic. And it's also interesting that when they're in the, um, you know, when they're sitting here absorbing the light from the crystal, Meanwhile, the uh, Ura are doing some sort of ritual with the sand. Did anyone else notice that in the film? That they were talking about the ritual didn't give any comfort. They said the same thing with the Ura, and he's um, doing mystical patterns in the sand. I don't, it's almost like the Skeksis are actually doing something that perverts the crystal and the. we were basically doing some sort of ritual that's maybe in conjunction with nature. I thought that was also kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, I love the sand painting. That's yeah. well, it's the um, the interesting part about the Uru. One of the interesting things about them is that just like the Skeksis, they appeared without you know any knowledge really of the world they were in. So unlike the Skeksis, you know, they went for wisdom and knowledge versus power. And so mm. they're learning the aspects of the universe, not just of Thra, where the Skeksis simply focused on the dark crystal and said, yeah, we mm. can control this world with that. And I don't think they're really thinking beyond that, other than, you know, the power of the conjunctions. Uh, I don't mm. get the, the impression from the movie, at least, that they're thinking, you know, the rest of the universe is just very small, whereas the Uru are like, yeah, you know what, we know how things are working. Mm-hmm. So it's quite the quite the gap between the two. Mm-hmm. I'm I kind of like here's a here's a beyond question. Um. So you know we have all these little questions like how did this you know how did the crystal bats come about how did this come but when you know when did the Gartham come about? Um. This. <laughs> I kind of lost it again. Um, it's, it's like a beyond question, like, okay, so the crystal is cracked, but not necessarily darkened. And so then once the Skeksis start to mess with it and it darkens, you have all these planets that are connected with other crystals. And one of them is the Erskek planet. So how is the darkening of the crystal on Thra, which may be the heart of all these planets, we don't know. How is that affecting all of them? That's and do, a, do they know and can they tell? That's a very interesting point because all of the crystals were supposed to be connected. Right. Um, not just in terms of teleportation, which we know that they can do teleporting from different planet from planet to planet, but it does make you wonder if this spread past Thra. That's a pretty cool idea. So then that opens up the this whole okay so you have the world of thra and the world of the dark crystal so then you could have the universe of the crystals and then it just kind of opens up like all you could create any world and somehow have a story of how it's affected by the darkening of the crystal on thra Hmm. be kind of i actually like that an interesting collection of short stories yeah Mm mm-hmm Oh, I, I hear contest. I yeah. Hear contest. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes me think about, I mean, a, a little bit off topic, but I guess with the power of the Dark Crystal, how 
um, Therma, who's a filing, and how whether her world got affected during the darkening, but which it kind of, which I don't think it did because the whole premise of that is when when the um, the crystal was broken, her world was all all fine and all good. Um, so yeah, lots of questions. Yeah, certainly think about um, about all that. So um, so yeah, back 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 with chapter twenty. So basically, at the end of chapter twenty five, um, yeah, Gurgen, you know, gets captured by the Skeksis, about to get his essence drained. The Chamberlain stops the process, and um, and and then then he's locked in a cage, and the dream fasting ends. We get another illustration. Yes, yeah, from uh, Corey Godby, yeah, yeah, which is a of the Skeksis holding, holding um, Gurgen by the throat, and yeah, yeah, a great um, illustration of of that one, yeah, and you see the two suns um, in the background there, or moons, I guess. It's probably actually be nighttime, so it would, I'd presume, it'd be moons, um, yeah. And so, um, yeah, yeah. So we're we're up to chapter twenty six. It was just that they would just keep running away from the um, from the Skeksis, but then Naya and Kylan they you know they attack Skakamal, the the hunter, and of course they continue to run away as fast as they can. And sort of Gurgen is sort of up to a point where um, um, he feel like he feels like he can't go on that he's too weak. Um, that it's best for um, for Naya and Kylan just to keep going, to keep going, which I mean, Gurgen does explain that. Well, you know, I've told you everything you need to know through the dream fasting from the previous chapter. I guess it was sort of that point where he's like, you know, he's willing to sacrifice himself again for Naya and Kylan to sort of be able to get away and hopefully be able to reach to the old Maldra, uh to tell them of this news and. And I'm guessing, you know, with Naya, would I would imagine a scene with Naya and the All Madra, or maybe even um, some other character to, to Dreamfast the same uh, memory that to share across. So, which would be very, <laughs> yeah, very kind of like she downloaded it. Yeah, <laughs> and now she has it. You, so she you, can yeah, share it again. Yeah, I just, I just think you, you hear the dial-up noises like down, 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 Sensing another Star Wars reference here. <laughs> yeah. But then can you alter the memory? Get can you lie in a dream fast? From a certain point of view. <laughs> um, I, that's a good question about the lying in the dream fast thing. I wonder if you can even withhold information. Right. It's one of those things that I don't think you can really lie since it's like, almost like sharing face. memories, <laughs> but... Sensor part of it, <laughs> fog it out. <laughs> it, it seems, is, it, it isn't seems like perfect. like that. They're very mm-hmm. honest. So, and from the movie, we saw that it was a matter of need that kind of directs them. So you don't have a, well, I think we'll think about this now. It's like, oh, I'm being drawn to this memory. Mm-hmm. There, it also, though, is blurred according to what you perceive because, um, one of the things when Kylan is showing his um, dream, what he saw of the hunter, it's very um, monstrous, and it's 
it's almost beyond real, probably because he was a child when he saw right. it. It's how he remembers it as mm-hmm. a child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in and of itself, even though dream fasting is very honest, it probably can sometimes be skewed according to your perceptions. Right. It's it's based on actual memory and not um, photographic memory. Is the, I mean, it's it's almost like emotional. Uh, I guess emotional memory mm. versus like, like photographic. Or... Photographic, yeah, mm-hmm. like a photographic memory versus an emotional memory. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, when I think of things that when when I was a child, it is kind of foggy. Like, you know, I don't have a full, clear picture, you know, depending on how far back I go to the memory. But see, that's a thing. Like, mm-hmm. studies, have, studies have shown that memories alter every time you remember them because on top of remembering the memory, you're also remembering that you're remembering, like, the situation that you're in when you're remembering that memory adds another layer to it mm-hmm. which is how police can cause people to do false confessions because they almost alter the person's memory by them having to go over it over and over again it starts to become reality it starts to embed itself in the memory sorry i got a little off topic there. Mm-hmm. but when, then is there an adult back, is there an Oh, to like your your old school or something like that. I mean, when you were in elementary school, you go back to your old elementary school and you're looking around and you're like, wow, I just remember everything being bigger, you know? Well, you were smaller it, at it, the time. <laughs> exactly. So depending on when you have a memory and what circumstances are going on during it, it might be different than what actually happened. If you're scared and you have a memory of someone like attacking you or something, they might look huge and they might not actually be that huge. Or if you're a child and you know you're in a school, the school might look huge. And you go back and, like I said, you're older and you're like, you know, this place is kind of small. <laughs> but um, I think that it's it's a little bit emotional and it's a little bit um. It's not quite photographic, so it's one of those things that they share. And I have noticed in the chapter that she shares a lot of the emotion that Gurdjian is feeling. Because he's appalled by all these things, and she's appalled. And it's almost like she's living it through him. Because we actually change perception in that chapter. I'm sorry, we went back to chapter 25, but still, I'm just saying, I think that's uh, part of it. And then what about dream fasting? Can it be commercialized? <laughs> like, or like little kids, like what if they're like, Hey, um, give me a dollar and uh, yeah, I'll give you, I'm, I mean, I'm like, like they have dollars on throw but it's like, Hey, give me a dollar and, or give me a dollar and I'll show you what it was like to ride this ride at the amusement park. And then it's like, okay, they give him a dollar, and then it's like, dream fast, here's how it was on that ride. Like, I know that sounds goofy, but, like, dream could there, fast, is, yeah. is, is dream, like, how, is dream fasting practiced and skilled, or is dream fasting just natural? I, that's a good question, because I got the feeling it was very personal in the movie, but, you know, 
she does dream fast with like a nebri in this, and it's one of those things. It's like, and she does accidentally dream fast. It definitely is right. an invasion of someone else's privacy if you accidentally dream fast with them. But this is well, another Jen form had never of. This is film. another form of communication. Well, he never had another Gelfling to dream fast with. I think that it's a right, special but I don't skill. Think when, yeah, I don't think, though, that when Kira touched him, her intention was to dream fast either. No. So and, is it just the fact that the two Gelfling hadn't been around each other in so long that it's why it happened? Or is it because Jen had never dream fasted before? Uh, when was the last time? I mean, Kira knows about dream fasting, so I mean, I get the feeling that um, did well, she dream podlings, fast with podlings? Did did she uh, remember dream fasting from when her mom was still alive? Like, I I think the podlings probably told her about it. She might have remembered from when her mom was alive, but it or did she just is, know it because it happened when she touched a podling at one time? And it's just a natural thing that Gelflings can do, whether it be controlled or uncontrolled. Um, I'm not sure. I get the feeling that most uh, Gelfling can't actually de- dream fast with creatures or plants the way Naya does. Because Kylan, I think, comments about that. I don't remember what chapter it was in, but I could have sworn he said something along the lines of, you know, that he couldn't do that. So I think it's could, a natural thing between yeah. gelflings, but not all gelflings can uh, dream fast with um, animals or plants or so even podlings. Right. So then do does that open the question of whether or not Kira has that ability and she can that's and therefore she could dream fast with podlings? And so that's why she was so knowledgeable about dream fasting when Jen asked her in the dream fast. <laughs> That could be. She also had the ability to communicate with animals. True, so, very true. Yes. So why she, not she just had that ability? Or did she, but did she learn that from the podlings? I think this is just a theory. I think she might have been descend, descended from the Al Madra. She, in my opinion, it seems like she clearly is a Vapra. Right. And so it makes me wonder if she's either descended from the Almadra or something, because she's got more than one gift then. If she can dream fast with, you know, if she knows about dream fasting and can, in fact, dream fast with podlings or other creatures and can also communicate with them, that's two probably fairly rare gifts. But she also uses language to communicate with the animals. Yeah, true. Which isn't language that the animals themselves use. So do those words just come to her naturally, or was it taught to her by the podlings? That's, I mean, it's just one of those questions that's un- unanswered. Well, um, what's her name? Oh, gosh. I'm going blank. Uh, the, the, um... Uh, the Avatar of Thra. Come on now, Nancy. <laughs> oh, God. Agra? Agra, thank you. <laughs> Agra tells her in the movie that she has the gift. So I think it is a gift. I don't think oh, it's yeah, a gift. Oh, yeah, that is true. The that is true. 
She also knew her name, though. So how did she know her name? How did how did Algra know that she had the gift? Just because uh, of her connection with Thra? I was going to say probably from her connection with Thra and all of Thra's creatures. And she was the one who uplifted the Elflings in the first place. Right. So you thought just three chapters was going to be a short discussion. Well, <laughs> hang on to your oh, no. headphones. I'm sorry. Oh, it's no, no. It's, it's great. No, it's, well, it's my fault, too. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. Popping out. Uh, oh, no, it, it's, it's great discussion off, stuff. You like... know, going off on a tangent, and it's like, wait a minute. We're on chapter 26. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it all has bearing on it. So it's things that, you know, in the Dark Crystal, the film, that you think, hmm, that's interesting. And, of course, you know, J.M. Lee obviously has thought about it, too, when he's writing. So why not, if you have the opportunity, address it, you know, in part, um, if not directly, in his book. Yeah. And, and that's probably the thing I'm really looking for with um, Song of the Dark Crystal, of, of how, um, yeah, the whole dream fasting sort of gets established a lot more um, especially now that um, Naya has the vision from from Gurge and and um, yeah, just just what happens um, when passing memories of other people um, towards others. So, well, and then it's like, when is she gonna fully be able to use her wings? Mm-hmm. Like, is it gonna be the next book, or is it gonna be in the third or the fourth? Like. Is this another thing that we're waiting? Like she was waiting for her wings, and then she got them, and now is she waiting to be able to fly? And like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and and so pretty much the um in this chapter, like Skekamal sort of reveals to the Galfling, um, you know, just just about a lot of things with with the Galfling, saying about um, um, draining. And, um, oh, that it's like, you know, it's like Crystal cracked, he, he said, and, um, he says it was an accident. Skeksis is taking care of her, taking care of Gelfling. How's Skeksis to protect little Gelfling when Crystal cracked, when growing old, growing weak, little sacrifices is payment, is Gelfling purpose. Um, yes. yeah, which is, yeah. Like, you know, big, just because it's Crystal cracked, it's like, yep, we need Gelflings, you know. Um, to sacrifice themselves for us to live um, longer. Well, then Naya, like she, it when when he got got up on him, she could smell that breath again. That yeah, mm-hmm. Gelfling essence breath. <laughs> yeah. With the hunter, it might have been more than just essence too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. and I got the feeling. I got the feeling he cooked a Gelfling, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, and and then also in this chapter was... Um, yeah, Naya sort of realizes the connection between the Skeksis and the Mystics. Um, and that was, I think, due to a, um, to a scar that they both have. Um, yeah, yeah. In the shape of an X. X yeah. was a mark that exactly resembled the wound Irvar had suffered in breaking free of the Cradle Tree's curse. Yeah, like, I mean, she asks, you know, why do you have that scar? And then, you know, Skekmal sort of chants half seas, half seas. And then that, I think that sort of, um, yeah, she worked out that 
that yeah that, that Skeksis is connected to Irva. You are one with him, um, and yeah, and so they just keep uh, running away, um, and basically uh, they get on the the Landstriders that. Well, there's this moment where he actually mm. says, "When single shines, the triple sun." Yeah, halvesies, halvesies, halvesies. And she says one. I like this scene. It makes you think there's a little division between them. Because I thought before, you know, the way the Chamberlain was saying, you know, special essence might be powerful, has something to do with us. Maybe some of them want to unite with their other half, thinking they can control it. But I get the feeling he doesn't. He likes the fact he is himself. And I think that's why he wants to kill one of them or drink one of their essence to make sure that that, that experiment doesn't happen. Because I get the feeling he's actually afraid in this scene when she says that. Because he's like, not one, <laughs> not one, skick my own, not just this, not one. And he actually shudders like he's just horrified by the thought. That yeah, he could end up uh, one. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to the point where he's like not one with nothing. Mm-hmm. And she's up on his back. Yeah. <laughs> and she loses track of the fourth arm. Oh, always happens. That fourth arm always going to get yep. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I thought it was telling that she really could have killed him if she hadn't stopped because of that scar on his hand. Because, like, you wouldn't think that one gelfling could possibly kill a Skeksis, but she's, she's hitting him pretty hard in this chapter with his own bone shard from his mask. So it's about does this... to strike the final blow and then does... stops. Yeah. Well, she sees the scar. She knows that there. Mm-hmm. She she just notices the connection. But then he gets so upset about it. Now, is this to reflect all like the way all of the Skeksis feel about their connection to the Yaru? Like, are they wanting to get to a point to where maybe after the next great conjunction, their ties would be severed, and they'll be revitalized and they won't have to worry about being connected to the Uru. Or... I still think it might be uh, divided in between them. That some of them might want to reconnect, not because they want the Uru to be part of them, but because they want to be whole again. Whereas others are happy as they are. Like, I just get the the feeling that the hunter himself is a little off, basically. He's gotten to the point he's happy with what he is and he doesn't want to go back. And he's ruining that experiment the Chamberlain is trying to do purposefully because he doesn't want to. Or at least that's the impression I got from him. Well, he wants he's so addicted to this essence that he wants it for himself. But that's is it just the addiction? It. Is it just the addiction or is he wanting to 
possibly overthrow Skekso. Is this like the start of the whole chaos within the Skeksis political statuses? Yeah, because I mean, Skekmiles, he's, yeah, like he, he says, you know, so um, gets Valaya from Gelfling that come to castle, but maybe not all Gelfling get to castle. He's like, one for Emperor, one for Skekmal, and tonight, one and one. So it seemed like he was almost, yeah, like he was willing to kill one of them. Um, sort of, yeah, to um, dis, uh, dismay the, the, the plan of, you know, having the two twins um, together in the castle, or getting the essence drained at the same time or whatnot, yeah. And so, yeah, so Gurgen. Yeah, he, he sort of sort of gives up and sort of says, you know, I can't, um, I can't go on, and 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 he, yeah, again he says says to Naya that when we dream fasted, I showed you everything I know more than what you saw. You'll see it someday. When you need me, I'll be with you. Fine, Ryan. He has the vial. He has the proof. Run and live. And um, well, Kylan rescued Kylan. We got to point out that Kylan rescued them. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He yeah. finally threw a bola and it no kicked Yeah. Huh. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting line. I didn't notice that before. When we dream fasted, I showed you everything I know more than you saw. You'll see it someday. So it's like he almost implanted a dream fast that's going to trigger later. Ah. That actually. That's interesting. Yeah. I, that actually reminds me. Uh, this is very off topic, but it reminds me of the anime Naruto where he'll have visions of his mother talking to him, things like that. I wonder if this is going to come up. I bet it will come up later since he said that, that Gurgen is going to end up talking to her, almost like talking to her in her mind. You know, The vision that he put there is probably going to come up when she needs it most. But that's a really interesting thing there that I didn't pick up on before. Yeah, so he, so he is sacrificing himself. Mm. But since she's escaped, Skekmal only has the one of the twins, one of the two. So does he need to make sure that this gets back to the Emperor, or is he going to be in, you know, big Landstrider crap, or... Does is he gonna kill Gurgen right then and there? Is Gurgen mm. dead? I, I I still kind of feel like they're still gonna keep him because I definitely want to still want to try with uh, getting Naya back and draining them both at the same time. I mean, so does Skegmall have the yeah. re- rest- um, restraint? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just has, has a taste of him. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I got the feeling he killed Gurgen, but the problem is it's hard to say because it doesn't say he's dead. She doesn't feel necessarily that he's dead, but the fact he struck him, uh, let's see, struck the hard trunk of a t- tower tree, then fell face forward into the leaves and dirt and did not move. Skekmal admired his handiwork for only a moment longer before snarling an uneven laugh. It sounds like he's laughing like he killed him. Well, 
Just the same thought Gurdjieff is medicine. He's stirred. Yeah, it, it's like he keeps coming back and then finally falling. And it's like, is he? This happened in the castle too with um, Tavro, where you're like, is she dead? I don't know. <laughs> and it feels that way again. It's like, is Gurdjieff dead? Because when she has to leave, it looks like he is, but he might not be. So I get the feeling that the hunter wouldn't willingly take him back to the castle, would probably want to kill him there. But the other Skeksis are out looking for them too. So it's entirely possible that he could even still be alive, just barely alive, and they might get him back to the castle. But I mean, Skek Ma's like, "Where's the ones with? Where's the one with wings?" And he's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. she's gonna go fly to the Al Madra and tell him all about it." Mm-hmm. And so Skek Ma's like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it'd be interesting whether there are like in you know other Gelfings that you know they're twins as well, um, or whether Kylan and Nao are sort of the first sort of you know twins of Thra essentially, and um. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah really curious about that. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, so so they did escape with uh, Naya and Kylan with the Landstriders that were Tavra's Landstrider. Yeah, next to the Black River. Yeah, and and then basically, and then we get into uh, chapter twenty-seven. So obviously, time has passed since the events of Chapter Twenty Seven. Um, yeah, and this is you know Naya. So she's sort of. Dream, well, we get the mention of yeah. the three brothers at the end of the last chapter. Yes, we do. Yeah. So what was it with an escalating hope lope, the Landstrider headed off along the riverbank under a sky, slowly brightening with the rise of the three brothers. So the 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 sons of the brothers and then the moon, moons are sisters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And yeah, it sort of starts off with Naya sort of waking up uh, from a dream that she was having of a blue and open sky suddenly split by a shock of blinding fire. Again, you know, it, this is probably referring to the Gelfling gathering. Um, you know, it's, you know, sort of says, you know, then the sky grew darker and darker still, and instead of thousands of stars within its arms, they are counted only seven, laid out in the hoop of Yezmet or Grizai. So, mm. yeah, it seems like, yeah, like, I think it was similar very early on in the book where she was sort of having these sort of future visions in a way about... Or are these the implanted visions from Gurgen? Uh, it could be. This it was a, a memory bit... she felt, yeah. It was a memory she felt instinctively, but she wasn't sure whose. Was this a dream fast with Kylan? A glimpse into one of the many colorful songs he had stored in him? And mm-hmm. Maybe this was a song. Um, maybe this was what a song was to a song teller. This sublime, awesome spectacle. Or maybe it was a dream fast with Thra itself. The living earth mm-hmm. below and all, all around them. A memory implant, imprinted into the life force of all that came of it. Yeah. These questions, these questions yeah. went unanswered, but the meaning was clear. Night was coming. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I, I get the feeling it is something a little deeper than her and her brother. That maybe it almost is something Thra was trying to tell her, or the crystal itself. 
Well, maybe Thra already told Gurjan, and so Gurjan knew that eventually Thra would tell her. Mm. Maybe. And so he knew that she was eventually going to find these things out from Thra. So he was like, "Hey, you know, you know there's more. There's more that you're going to see." That could be. So she basically uh, nail what wakes up, and and sort of I guess in this chapter, um, I mean, just have, just going through the pages and whatnot, um, sort of. Uh, encounters with Nietzsche so they sort of back back together that sort of thing um yeah because Nietzsche sort of sort of wasn't uh around I guess during the chapters probably with her but didn't really do much I guess <laughs> um you know he was hiding respect. yeah he just hiding <laughs> yeah yeah but I mean yeah she was really happy to um to see Nietzsche mm-hmm. to see Nietzsche um in the morning it's like, so worried I lost you, little eel. Rotten spithead. <laughs> Making me worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, then, I mean, Kylan does say he caught up with us after we crossed the river. Um, and, mm-hmm. um, and so we find out that they are actually inside um, uh, Ryan's or Rian's well, home. Well, Nietzsche has the knife, right? Um, I thought the knife was just, uh... Gurdjian's knife. Yeah, Gurdjian. Mm-hmm. I didn't... Did Nietzsche have it? I thought that it was just, um, on the well, table threw or it. something. Well, or she on the, threw um, it. Crate. Well, he was the one that got it out of the... Ah. Out of the moat or whatever mm-hmm. around the castle. I guess that makes sense. They are they do retrieve things for their masters. That's pretty cool. Has he has he already given it back to her? Is that what I'm is that what I'm confused about? Because she when she, mm-hmm. it says that she realizes Gurdjian's knife was gone as well, lost somewhere deep in the bottom of the castle moat. Okay, yeah, and then Nietzsche oh. like rescued it. It it sounds like he rescued it. And um, Kylan gives it to her because he, oh, let's see, caught up with this river. He dipped his hand into his sleeve and withdrew a small cloth wrap parcel with this. And that was the um, get the dagger. Yeah, and then they sat in silence and they looked at a reflection, the freshly polished blade of Gurgen's knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, she, you know, Naya's like, that she would not regret his sacrifice. So yeah, I guess, yeah, you know, she's wondering where, where they were. And that's when, yeah, Kylan says, you know, this, this house is Rian's, um, home. So, well, his family home, his family's house. And, um, but, um, yeah. yeah. I really like the way that Kylan is uh, portrayed towards the end here. Cause it's like throughout the whole novel, it seems like he's almost following her and not as strong as she is. And by the end, he's the one who basically helped them escape to stone and wood. So I thought that was yeah. stone in the power of the bola. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Managed to actually learn to throw the bola and, you know, 
kind of is partly responsible for getting them there. And I, I really liked that because, um, you know, it makes him seem stronger and it's like their bond is strengthened. He's stronger and she's stronger. And I like, I like how that is at the end here. I, I have to say, I love the fact that Ebola can represent so many things for these two. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's you spin around a common center, and in order for it to be effective, it has to be properly aimed, and mm-hmm. the weights will bring you bring themselves to the common center and wrap themselves around your target. They have to be mm-hmm. perfectly balanced, um, you know, the same... Uh, the same type of weight. I mean, there are many different ways of looking at the metaphors, but Ebola is perfect for their relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic analogy, yeah. It's hard to master, as we were shown. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You got to work at it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, take some time. Um, But yeah, yeah, I definitely agree that... um, yeah, Colin's really stepped up the plate um, big time. Yeah, as of now, and so, um, and and so they said, you know, well, he says that they're at the family home, and um, they know the family told him where Ryan is. So, yeah, going to meet him later today. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think um, overall, like they just um, sort of towards the end, they sort of leave Ryan's family house and as they head off to to see the old Maldra at Hara you know there was a moment where you know she says about you know I want well, to she go. reflects on her shoes yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and like you know she says you know I do want to go home but but I left Sog to meet with the old Maldra Tavra charged me with relaying a message and she was captured protecting me and the rest of our people I don't want her sacrifice or Gurgens to go mm-hmm. to waste our people are still in danger so yeah, so it's like, you know, she definitely wants to come back, but go back home, but she wants to finish her task that she was appointed to. Right. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of got to gotta keep going. Probably, you know, point of no return, I guess, in a way. I mean, she does say, I want to go home and I will, but not yet. So let's get packed and meet Ryan and figure out what we're going to do. And um, yeah, and so at the end that, you know, and yeah, and basically it would be many more leagues before they could retire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I think that, you know, wraps up, yeah, the whole story of um, Shadows of the Dark Crystal. Sets so what do we think? So what do we think of the ending? Book. Yeah, yeah. So it totally sets it up for the next book. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. It's... um. In my opinion, it's more of a um, Fellowship of the Rings ending as to a Empire Strikes Back ending. You know? Yeah, I like yeah. I like the like I like the way it ended. Whereas Empire Strikes Back is like kind of sudden. Whereas this is like okay, there's a reflection. It's like okay, we're going to continue our journey. Yeah, I mean, she's been through a lot already, but she there's a it basically says you know that the quest has pretty much just begun. Which is kind yeah. of interesting too. Yeah, yeah, because I will say like the sort of the dialogue from this chapter, like sort of towards the end, sort of remind me a bit of um, Fellowship of the Ring um, when when they're at um, Rivendale with with the Fellowship, or not with the Fellowship, but you know with Frodo and 
um, they're at Rivendell and Frodo's like, you know, I, I want to go home. Um, mm-hmm. that, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, I think it was good. I mean, cause that was the thing. Like I, I originally thought that this was going to be a one book story and, and I think that was going, that was sort of the original intention, but when um, they decided to sort of expand upon, upon uh, making this into a, into a four book series. So of course we weren't going to get like a, a definitive ending or whatnot, but I think it's a great ending. Like I think it's sort of, you know, um, it wraps up one part of the story and, but we know we still got many more um, adventures to come. So it's, it's, it's very exciting stuff. Um, so, so I guess, you know, we'll, we, we might as well uh, wrap it up, but we'll, we'll just go with, you know, our final thoughts on the shadows of the dark crystal. So I might start, uh, with yourself, Nancy, first, yeah. What what you sort of your overall thoughts on Shadows of the Dark Crystal, and maybe what what you would look forward to, um, uh, with uh, Song of the Dark Crystal. Um, there are a lot of things. I mean, I really liked the picture it painted of Thra and um, seeing these connections between like um, oh goodness, even like the um the big trees like Sog and things like that that had names that were part of it and I just I'm really looking forward to seeing where he takes the journey at this point because he added so many new things that are very interesting like uh, about the clans and things of that nature and we haven't even seen all of the clans yet I'm really looking forward to how he portrays like the Groton clan and um the more mysterious clan, the, um, just, there's so much more to explore, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how the other, uh, Gelfling clans and the other Gelflings react to, um, all of this information. There's a lot of really, there's gonna be a lot new in the next book. I mean, because from watching the movie, you kind of know what they're going to discover in this book about um, the Skeksis, but we don't know how the other clans are going to react and um, anything about the the great dreaming and about the Gartham Wars, except for the little bit we were exposed to in the manga. So I'm just really excited about uh, all the new things we're going to see in the next book and how um Nyan Kylan's relationship is going to grow and things of that nature too. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, even the mysteries about which characters are alive and which ones aren't and things of that nature. I'm sure it'll come up soon and we'll get to know those things that we couldn't um know for sure in this book as well. Yeah, it'll, it'll have to, yeah, it'll be really interesting. Yeah, what's to come with um the Song of the Dark Crystal? I mean, I mean, it'll be interesting because I know like in the front cover you got a uh, Kylan, um, so whether Kylan's gonna be a folk more of a focus in in Song of the Dark Crystal or, um, yeah, or, and just there's well, just we also have the here. ruins, the ruins. We yeah. also have the well, not necessarily ruins. I mean, they're not ruins yet, but we oh, see no, the no. Wall of Destiny. It's yes, the Wall yeah. of Destiny. Yeah. Island. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to the prophecy, yeah. Does that get answered in the next one then? Is that cuz it's on the cover? Like the, are um, we going to see the Wall of Destiny in this next book? Is Don't is know. Gonna, 
Yeah. I'm hoping that we at least get get to it in the next book. But or is that hard? hard is that to say. part of how it comes to be? Is that like one of these instinctual dream fast with Thra that is how a song teller sees a song? Maybe it's a song that comes to him is the actual wall of destiny and that somehow it gets yeah. uh, maybe maybe that's what it is because he's sitting there playing a furka right yeah and so maybe maybe that's just a song that instinctually comes to him is the song of the wall of destiny i get the feeling it's um there are going to be more characters though because it sounds like at least in the um on the website it sounds like the clans come together to dream up the uh prophecy that becomes the wall of destiny right that's how it's told in the world of the dark crystal mm-hmm. with the book of augra she it's, the seven clans get together on seven hillsides and they have a communal dream fast mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how they come up with the prophecy. And then, well, they, they actually dream etch the wall of destiny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be almost like a song, though, since it seems like a lot of their for- right. folklore is um, passed along through oral history and through songs. It wouldn't So maybe that's me. what it is. Maybe that's, that's why it's called Song of the Dark Crystal, because the song mm-hmm. comes to Kylan. And he sees this wall of destiny, but then the song also is comes from Thra to all the other Gelfling during the communal dream fast. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, like be... like you said, it's a it's a song that comes from Thra itself and is yeah, you know, sung. You know, that, which is kind of interesting that that's kind of how Naya sees it mm-hmm. towards the end of this book. Because she has that instinctual dream fast with Thra, or, you know, like it says, all of her questions were unanswered. She doesn't know where that came from. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's, I like how she thought of it as as being the way a song teller has a song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how it was instinctual. It could also be partially prophetic. I mean, we see uh, the sky grew darker still. And instead of thousands of stars, Naya only counted seven. So those yeah. would be the seven clans in my nice. estimate. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good observation. Yeah. I bet that's right. So is she becoming a song teller? Not to go back into the discussion of the book, but... Uh, um, I don't people, think so. Is it, just, but, is it just something that Gelfling's... Like, is it like, well, like it, she almost describes it as a, well, she describes it as kind of like a dream fast with maybe Thra itself. So, well, she, she has had connection with the crystal through the crystal veins. So this is part of the function of heroes to have unique experiences that others don't. So they can have mm-hmm. insights and access to fate and destiny more easily, if you will. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling she's connected to the song of Thra, and I get the feeling all of them are in some ways. But right. Kylan strikes me as the one who's the song t- teller, and actually, she is connected now to Kylan. We established at the end that they were a lot closer than they were before. 
I do think that he is going to come into play a lot more in the second book because the all because of the artwork that shows him on the cover, but also because he became a lot stronger at the end of the book. So that's kind of an interesting idea too that we might actually. I don't. I'm assuming it's all going to still be from Naya's perspective, but I get the feeling that you might get to see a little more about Kylan, which I'm looking forward to because yeah. he was an interesting character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, and and, and Peter, I might as well uh, just ask, yeah, just what your fi- your final thoughts on uh, Shadows of the Dark Crystal and and what what you most be looking forward to in um in uh, Song of the Dark Crystal. Well, um, I love history. So whether it's fantasy history uh, or, you know, nonfiction. And for this fantasy, I love having parts of the picture filled in that I could only guess at before. So this is a thrill to me to go journeying along with characters who were there. It's like reading a journal, you know, from somebody who was uh, traveling through history like Marco Polo. You know, the, just to be able to say that, you know, this person was there and saw these things as they happened. And to fill in those pieces is amazing. And I'm so grateful that J.M. Lee has been given this opportunity to do so. And he's doing so in a way that makes you want to turn the page every time. So to get all these questions answered that we've been talking about, I mean, for we, for me, one random question is, why didn't all the Gelflings suddenly rise up all as one and storm the castle? You know, the instant they found out they were draining essence, obviously that didn't happen. You know, where did the Gartham come from? Uh, what are the mystics really up to? I mean, there are so many big questions and then so many little mm-hmm. ones as well. The little stories, I think, are also what fascinate me. You know, the uh, where's Naya going? You know, what's, what's her journey? So getting wrapped up in the story has been a, a true pleasure. And I'm trying not to overthink... <laughs> things for the second book so it can just be revealed to me i'm not one of those people who goes searching the internet for spoilers i'd much rather experience story fully and that's part of what my enjoyment is for this is i'm just mm-hmm. you know stepping right mm-hmm. into the story zipping it up over my head and diving in yeah and to, to comment on that i'm i'm very accepting now of all this new stuff like with creation myths, I was a little hesitant to go into it. You know, here I am, old school Dark Crystal fan. I had my whole big archival website, whatever you want to call it. And this, you know, this collection of all this stuff. And I was a little hesitant. And so I really liked creation myths. And then we were going to go into this whole novel series. And it's like, I'm, I'm to the mm-hmm. point where it's like, if this is officially put out by the Jim Henson company and this is the way they want to tell it, tell it like if that's the way it's written that's the way it's written i'm all good with it like just bring it yep. and <laughs> it's it been coming. respectful too i love that yeah. you know it's not yeah you know what happened before we're just gonna throw that under the rug and stomp on it i mean it's glorious <laughs> yeah i'm not mm-hmm. gonna get all bent out of shape because well my theory was this and they didn't do that right. Well, right. i'm i'm totally fine with however they want to tell it yeah mm-hmm. it's a great start yeah 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 i I absolutely agree yeah i think like yeah considering that this is sort of the first sort of original dark crystal story i mean i mean before we got the the dark crystal novelization um but 
for a first sort of novel that's sort of, you know, its own sort of story, um, I think it's set up uh, pretty good in my opinion. And I think, you know, and I think there's kind of been people that have sort of being introduced to the Dark Crystal. Um, I would imagine, you know, with, with young young kids um, uh, that are going to be introduced to the Dark Crystal through Shadows of the Dark Crystal and um, whether they will, you know, continue reading, you know, the next stories and even maybe watch the film or find out more about all these other Dark Crystal stories that are out there. So, um, yeah, it's very exciting. And, um, yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to um, with Song of the Dark Crystal. Um, and... Blaine, I might as well just get your final thoughts on Shadows of the Dark Crystal. Yeah, I, I really like the way it was. It was, I, I, well, I guess to go even further back all the way to the contest, like I really liked how they wanted, not necessarily, well, they, of course they wanted a writer, but they they really did want a fan. So I really like mm. the way they reached out because, you know, you could you can go and hire an author to write a book and whatnot. But you for the Dark Crystal and for it to be the 35th year, or you know, the 34th year when this came out um, and to have this cult following and then everything that's going on nowadays with the Dark Crystal. I like how they reached out to the fans mm-hmm. and they were like, we want a writer, but we also want a true fan to write these stories. And mm-hmm. I like the way how the whole thing, how it was presented, you had the contest and then you had, you have the cover, Brian Froud. Um, and then you've got your map, you've got a map of the past. So they went to that. They, um, you've got, you know, all your Corey Godby, illustrations i wish there were more actually me too yeah yeah Yeah, i I agree Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i felt like there was definitely a lack of illustration in this book i mean yeah it's not an illustrated book but it's the dark crystal it's the dark crystal i want i want Uh, visuals new stuff new stuff (laughs) yeah Uh, and then i like how it was it was her journey it was it was a journey it it reflected the film, but it wasn't like, and I really did like, and not to go back and go, go into star Wars into another genre or another film or whatever, but I really did like star Wars episode seven, but there were a lot of eye rolling moments. And to be honest, I kind of have those with, huh? You could tell they were going, hey, it's Star Wars. You know, yeah. we're waving a big flag that says Star Wars. Yeah. It's just like episode four. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like there was a lot of those moments. That, that is what we needed at that time. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, I, I actually have those moments when reading Power of the Dark Crystal comic. I have a lot of eye rolling moments because it's like, oh, does Agra have to say that every time? Like, does does everything that's it's mostly Agra too? It's like, does she always have to say stuff that sounds like what she said in the movie? <laughs> mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I liked how we we've got the map, we've got it, it was her journey. Um, she had the moment where she you know finally got her wings and she grew. 
as a character, like we got to know her, but then she also got to know herself, <laughs> which is captivating to me. Um, we we got to see. I like how we got to see um, the a look into the the Gelfling past, like Peter was saying, the history. I really like how the history is being shown. We're we're getting a taste of everything because in the film you don't get any of that. No, no kidding. Jen and, Jen and Kira don't even know really anything about Gelflings, about their own people. So here it's finally being presented. I mean, yeah, we got a taste of it in, um, you know, Legends of the Dark Crystal manga um, and some in creation myths. But that was more primitive, whereas now it's, you know, it's a little more developed. It's, um, I don't know, it's... Yeah, you know, one thing I can mention, Jen had all that time with the mystics. you think they would have taught him some Gelfling history. You right. Know? But then no. how much does they well, know of the Gelfling? They, they, they don't like to interfere with the Gelflings either, yeah. though. Yeah. By teaching him the history, they may actually guide him, him to, you know, even though his master in the end does tell him to go find the shard and heal the crystal, it's one of those things that Maybe at the time they weren't sure if they should raise him that way. You know, well, it's a whole another topic. I, plus, I just felt it was a big right. yeah. yeah. Sorry. Well, then, Sorry. well, no, that's fine. Um, and then to go into um, the, well, I like how we're we're seeing the Skeksis um, as as being as powerful as they were. Um, we, you know, we definitely don't get that in the film at all. They're yeah, in their prime, they're they're pretty much falling apart in the film, and that also has. I know I know that some of that has to do with the limitations that they had in the puppetry and the technology back then. She couldn't get big, huge, momentous motion out of these puppets. You know, they were kind of awkward. Um, you didn't get a lot of wide shots is what I mean. You know, with, with this type of puppetry, you, you don't see a full Skeksy like attacking somebody. Um, Mm -hmm. and we'll end up going to song. I hope that she, um, we do get more of the dream fasting background and abilities or whatnot. I really like that aspect of the story. Um, Mm -hmm. the whole, diving more into dream fasting and how it works and because she has this ability to be able to you know talk with the animals and whatnot or dream fast Mm -hmm. with the animals cure can talk to the animals but i hope yeah i hope that we we get more of her wings we get more of uh maybe the skeksis starting to lash out Mm. seeing them more away from the castle if they do actually ever leave the castle <laughs> yeah um yeah it's just very very i mean i'm just kind of yeah. like yeah just you know just however they want to tell it just bring it yeah i'm, I'm all about it bring it on it's, it's pre-ordered <laughs> i'm waiting <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah of course so our next discussion i mean we'll definitely be having a break from the discussion episodes but uh we will definitely continue on um that's for certain as we get into the uh the song of the dark crystal 
um, for a future discussion for the show. So, yeah, I just wanted to say, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Peter, Nancy, and Blaine, um, for being part of this um, roundtable discussion on Shadows of the Dark Crystal. Thank you. Thank Glad you. Glad to be here again. Yes. We finally finished another. Yes. Now we can look forward to Yay. Song of the Dark Crystal. Yay. Right. <laughs> so it's like... And I guess, um, Nancy, I'll just start with yourself. Um, so for any listeners that want to, you know, find more about uh, your work, um, how can people find you? Um, you can find me on nancygray.net, which is my professional website, or um, or nancygray.blogspot.com, uh, which is my blog. E- excellent. And and uh, and what about uh, yourself, uh, Peter? How, how can people find you and find more about your work? Uh, they can just go to my Sci-Fi Trilogies website. I update it every month, and that's to be found at dwimsaga.com. D-W-I-I-M-Saga, S-A-G-A, dot com. Excellent. Thank you so much. And, of course, we'll, we'll put these uh, links on our show notes uh, for people that wanted to, 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 to look into that. So uh, thank you so much. And um, again, thank you so much, Bland. And and I guess, you know, how how can people find you? Um, Well, you can find me. um, I'm on Facebook. um, Very active in the Dream Fasting um, Dark Crystal Experience group. Um, My Twitter is at Blandarella. And I guess that's about it. (laughs) All right. So that's all the time I have for this month's Trial by Stone. Special thanks to to Bland, Peter, and Nancy for being on the show. If you if you want to contact with us, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast or like us on Twitter at darkcrystalpod. If you like the show and you think that others would like it too, then please write a review on the iTunes. I'd greatly appreciate that. I hope you all enjoyed the show and come back next month for more Trial by Stone. <laughs>